We aim high, we aim to rise And every vision that's real is analyzed Till every fight in my bones has been applied What's going every on, what's going on? It's your boy Donald Trump and welcome uh, to another episode of Journey of the Mindset Listen, this is season two and we're up to episode seven I'm really, really excited um, Everything is pretty much flowing and going pretty much fast with season two And I got some more amazing interviews for you guys Today though, today I want to talk to you guys about when I was about to quit like, there was about to be no journey of the mindset. There was about to be no more 143 Speaks. Like, I just wanted to quit. And one thing about me is that I never used to be a quitter. I never used to be that type of person that would start something, get into something, and never finish it. So, you know that the stress level really had to be very high. So, let me just backtrack a little bit into my life and explain to you why I was never a quitter and then we're going to how I almost wound up quitting. Um, so I was a very determined young man. Um, I used to play football. I played Pop Warner football. I also played um, uh, high school football and I played one year semi-pro. And I always used to be the smallest person on a team. And I used to tell my coaches all the time, like, don't get fooled by my height. You know, like I hit hard. And they'd be like, listen, I got guys that's bigger than you. They'll clean your clock. And I'm like, wait a minute. Let me tell you something right now. I'm small, but I hit hard. And I had to prove myself time and time again, no matter how hard it was, no matter how hard I was getting hit around, no matter how big my component was, I had to prove myself time and time again that one, I was worthy enough, worthy enough to make the team. But two, I was worthy enough to myself, not to limit myself from being great. So... That's me always having to fight and never give up no matter how hard the task was. Then there was me, as you guys know my story, growing up with a learning disability, um, dyslexia, diagnosed with dyslexia at a very young age, having to deal with education, having to deal with reading, having to deal with learning, going to college and being told that if this is my part, if this is my plan A, I need to move on to my plan B because college is just not for me. I could have gave up right then and there. I could have gave up. That was my first college professor that told me that. And I could have honestly just gave up. But I didn't. I kept on pushing no matter what. And it led me to being the best that I possibly can be. Now, this next one can be something that can either be dangerous to me more so. But even being in relationships. And I'm not just talking about me being in relationships couples and things of that relation and things of that nature, but relationships with friends or relationships with significant others or partners, just staying in it too long, knowing that it wasn't for me. But I've always been determined to 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 push forward in a relationship so that way I can hang on more so to the notion that the person is either going to change. And I've learned a long time ago that people are who they are and you have to accept them for who they are. So one thing about me is I've always wanted to be that type of person to change the world. And no matter how hard I felt the task was going to be, I was going to try. It's the same thing with 143 Speaks. You know, it's something that I feel like I can develop into something that's going to really impact the world big, you know. So, it, and it's a hard task. It's a very, very hard task. So, that's just a little bit of background of me and the things that I've been through small little things that I've been through and being determined, even not letting things that I've seen mess up my mentality. Um, there was a conversation that I was having um, Monday. Um, I, I'm, I'm with a, um, 
um, a men's mental health um, Zoom meeting. Any gentleman that's out there that's actually interested in joining the men's mental health Zoom meetings at 6.30 on Mondays, you can reach out to me or DM me at 143speaks, aim high on Instagram. Or you can um, email me at 143speaks at gmail.com. But I'm on there. We're having a discussion of being a product of your environment. And it was something that I, I've heard a, a long time ago. I've had this conversation. I had debates because I never wanted to be the product of my environment. Yeah, I learned and experienced things in my environment, but that's not what made me. I've learned that my environment did shape my mindset and did shape a lot of the decision making that I've made for my life throughout my journey. So I would say I'm halfway there with the whole product of my environment thing. You know, um, some of the other brothers on the call felt like, you know, they wasn't that, you know, they're not a product of their environment. Um, but I, I feel like it's a very strong topic. Some some believe, some um, some don't. Some believe that, yeah, I am a product of my environment and this is the reason why I am the way I am today. Um, I was one that wanted to fight against my circumstances and my situation. Um, where I was from is where I didn't want to stay. Um, I'll say that again. Where I was from is not where I wanted to stay. Don't get me wrong. Growing up in the South Bronx has taught me so much. It has taught me so much. But I had to do a lot of fighting in the South Bronx too. I was a kid that grew up and I did not like to fight. That was just not me. I was bullied, but I had to start fighting back after a while because I got tired of being bullied. You know, every single day I'm walking out of the house worried. Every single day I'm walking out of the house and I'm feeling uncomfortable. I couldn't even go to the store without worrying if somebody's going to bother me or not. And sooner or later, I wanted to have the reputation like everybody else had, like the tough kids had, that people knew not to mess with them. Like, you're not going to mess with them because... If you mess with them, then this is what's going to happen. So I tried to build up my reputation and um, it, it got it got up there. Um, but I just soon realized that that type of lifestyle was just not for me. So I might as well just go back to being me. But with the add on and that's me fighting back against people that tried to bully me. So that's my that's my journey. That's pretty much my journey with not giving up and always being that type of person to just fight it, no matter how hard the task just pushing through. But life started to beat me up um, and it started to beat me up to the point where I felt like everything that I was doing wasn't meaningful. It was just things that I was just doing. I didn't know whether or not I was doing it for the views. I didn't know whether or not I was doing it for myself. I didn't know if I was doing it or not for to help someone. I, did, I didn't know. You know, when I started 143 Speaks, I started it as a blog and honestly, the blogs that I was blogging were, some of them were true stories, some of them were fictional stories, but they were a lot more entertaining to people than the message that I was trying to get out. So I started to feel empty inside because the reason for me going on that journey of creating 143 Speak was to spread love, to send messages out there, to open up people's eyes. And I felt like that message wasn't getting across. I felt like I've turned it into something that I didn't want it to become. I didn't want it to become a place where people come to to get entertained. I wanted it to be a place where people come to to get information that can actually help them in life. So I felt like giving up. And I actually stopped. I don't know, for the, for the long 143 Speaks followers that's been there since day one, if y'all know, my last blog that I had posted on the website 
was the modern day relationship that Joe and Amy started. And I was getting amazing views, amazing raisings. I was getting comments after comment after comment. So the blog was doing very, very well. But I just started feeling like I'm no longer feeding people the way I wanted to feed them. I was just more so becoming an entertainer. And I felt like there was no need to do it anymore. So I stopped. I stopped blogging. And I just let the site sit there. Another factor that played a part in me stopping was because I had asked my friends at the time to play different roles, different parts. And building 143 Speaks... And at the time, everybody was like, yes, 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 yes. But nothing was getting done. So it was a lot more of me chasing or just them not doing, which I understood. I didn't take it personally. I, you know what? Let me let that's a fiction. That's a fictional comment. That's a lie. I did take it personally. I did get angry with them because I felt like they were the closest people to me. And they should automatically be wanting to go on this journey with me. And I was very upset with them. But one thing that I did learn is this. Is that it's your journey. You're the person that's leading your life. You're the CEO of your life. You signed off on that journey that you're on right now. You. Everybody does not have to get in line on your journey. It's yours not theirs it's yours and that's the conclusion that I, I i had to bang into my head i'm not taking it personally because they didn't do it or not do certain things because they didn't want to or because they were angry with me it didn't have anything to do with that what it had something to do with is that i were putting tasks on them and never asked them if they were willing to invest their time But automatically in my head, I'm saying to myself, well, they should automatically want to be a part of this because these are all my best friends. And I had to check my reality and say that just because it's my dream, just because it's my journey does not mean everybody else has to fall in line. But I quit. I stopped blogging because of all of these factors playing. Now, this next thing is what started opening up my eyes because I've never in my life done anything like this before. Um, it broke my heart to do this. Um, I wanted, I went to go work for this organization in Westchester, New York. Um, it was a, a campus with youth, uh, male and females. And I will never forget my interview, man. <laughs> so I'm going there to interview to be the, the unit uh, manager. Um, well, the unit of South, South unit manager. And on the day of my interview, I'm interviewing, you know, people are coming in and interviewing me. They like me. They want to give me a tour. And as I'm getting the tour of the units, these two girls start to fight. Like they just, they're just fighting. And I'm standing there like, I don't know what to do. Like what's going on. And I try to like step in between and they're telling me, no, 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 you're not a staff here. You can't do anything. So step back. 
And when we walk out of the door after everything calms down, they break up the fight. The lady that interviews me, she turns to me and she says, well, I just want to let you know that that was your unit. That's the unit that you're going to be taking over. Oh, okay. I knew right then and there I didn't want that job. But guess what? I took it anyway. I took it anyway. And it was a very, very difficult job because, one, I've never, I've I've worked with the youth before, but I've never worked with girls. So it was a, a girl unit. You have South unit, you had North unit. They were right across from each other. And they were both females. I've never, ever dealt with females. So it was my first time. There were boundaries that I had to keep. There were certain sections of the unit that I had to make sure I announced myself when I came on, things of that nature. But when I got there and I started to see the way these young girls conducted themselves, in my mind, I'm saying they're out of control. They are wow. Like, wow. Like, I remember I was standing outside shaking every last one of their hands while they were coming into the unit. And I see one just all hugged up and like just doing inappropriate things that they shouldn't be doing out out in the open with everybody, pretty much. And I'm like, what did I do? What did I get myself into? Like, they used to curse me out so much, so much that I used to start to think that the curse words that they were saying to me was my name. All they had to do was curse. And I'm looking, yes, like that's how much I got cursed out. And the job was stressful. So I went in there and I said, you know what? I looked at all the stuff. I, f- I was there for about maybe two weeks. And I just started to become miserable. Because every day that I went in there was a fight. I never left on time. I was always stuck. And I just got tired. But I was determined to really get to know each and every one of these girls individually. Because I wanted to bond with them. And one day a snowstorm hit. And I wasn't able to go home. And I was stuck on campus. On my unit. With another staff member. I couldn't go home. And that night we baked cookies. We did circles. We did counseling sessions. We told each other stories. We're crying together. And we really, really bonded. Really bonded. They wound up, everybody wound up going to bed about, well, obviously we're staff, so we couldn't go to sleep, but they wound up going to bed about three o'clock in the morning. But it was a, a good feeling because during the two weeks that I was there, everything that I seen was just violence, cursing out, them putting down each other, them fighting each other, them arguing with each other all the time, them being disrespectful to staff. And then it was like, finally, every day I came in there and I was consistent with them. Positive words of affirmation saying nice things to them, letting them know, hey, listen, you could be better than what you're being right now. You could say better words constantly. And I was very consistent throughout those two weeks. And I believe that that's what led to the bond. And I remember one of their stories was about abandonment, being abandoned by adults, a parent being adopted and being abandoned by them. Oh, people just feel like they're bad. They can't deal with it. They don't even give me time. And I remember after that 24-hour shift, I went home, slept, and I woke up, felt good, because I'm like, you know what? I finally got to these girls, got with um, my next shift. I got some Dunkin' Donuts, went in there, and I'm like, what's going on? There's fights going on, arguments and everything. But one thing that they learned to do is they learned to respect me. So when they see me coming to the door, they kind of like calmed down. They kept on yelling and cursing, but I was able to calm the situation down a lot faster. And my last night there, now I didn't know it was going to be my last night yet. My last night there, one of the girls had gotten into a fight 
with another girl from another unit. And she was very depressed because the girl that she was having a fight that she fought was her best friend. So she was in her room pretty much the majority of the day because of the fight because she was upset. She only came out to eat. And that night, she shared the room. I think it was like in that, in that room, it was like six girls in one room. That night, I asked them, you know, of course, you go, I'm, a, I'm the only male there. So you have to ask for permission to go in there and ask for permission to go in there. And I went over there and started speaking with her. And she told me the reason that they fought. And the other girls that was in there wound up coming into the conversation. And we all just had this amazing kumbaya session. Amazing kumbaya session. And then it was said to me, they was like, you know what? You're a very positive male influence in our life. And we don't get that. And that touched my heart. When I left there that day, I was happy. I was like, you know what? I'm finally getting through to them. This is amazing. This is great. But what kept bothering me was the fighting, the arguing, the yelling, the screaming. That sat in the back of my head just a little bit, just a little bit, though. But overall, I was happy that I was finally able to get through to them. And then this is what happened. If you hear some crackling sound in the back, I'm going to try to edit that. If you hear it, though, that's because there's cooking going on in the background right now. So I'm home right now doing this podcast. Anyway, let me get back to the story. I just wanted to let you know that. Side note. The next day, I come to work. I had to go to a training. And... I keep getting these text messages that my unit is out of control. You need to do something about it. You've been here for two weeks now. You should have control. I'm sorry. You've been here now. Now, at this time, I was there for about three weeks. You've been here for three weeks. It's time to start seeing progress. And I'm sitting there in this training, and I'm like, I'm new. You know, like, this This was like this before I got here. So now I'm supposed to come here and be this miracle worker, and you're going to put all this pressure on me? And I just got upset. And when the training was over... I had the option to go home or go to my unit to just check on it. And I wound up going to check on my unit. And my unit was out of control. Mind you, this was my day off. And I came in on my day off to do a training. And I wound up getting stuck in my unit to calm this situation down. To calm down this major fight that was going on. And when I finally calmed down my unit now. Now, mind you, I got to my unit about 4 o'clock. My unit didn't calm down that day until about eight. Four hours of breaking up fights, stopping arguments. And when I finally got the girls calm, ate dinner, they took showers, they went to um, in their rooms. Another unit, which is the boys unit, which is on the other side of the campus. These guys with AWOL started coming and banging on the windows in my unit and my unit just erupted. Went crazy again. The boys now are instigating fights through the windows and it was just crazy so i wound up leaving there probably about two o'clock in the morning that night and when i got home i decided to send an email and i told them that i wasn't coming back and i quit never done anything like that in my life and i quit and I received the email back because they wanted to know why. And I told them, you know, I just think that it's, the job is just not for me. It was chaotic. It was crazy. I never. Now, I worked I worked with the youth before on a campus before with the boys. And they were, they were rough. I've never given up like that before. And it, and it ate me up. It ate me up a lot. Like, I would go to sleep at night really dreaming about what these girls were telling me 
about how I'm a positive influence, male influence on their life. They enjoy talking to me. They really believe that they can change. Like I keep hearing that while I'm sleeping. And then I remember this one dream. I dreamt that one of the girls like ran into me and she, she was just crying, asking me why, why did I abandon them? And it ate me up a lot. I was working at this organization, man. The person there running the organization. I don't know, man. I don't know what the issue was, but it, it just wasn't a great relationship between me and the person that was running the relationship. He had this issue with me or whatever the case may be, and I just quit. Gave it to him. Boom. Just like that. And I suffered for it because I didn't have money. I think I had maybe a month worth of rent saved up, but I lost a lot. Cars and everything. Because I just had that quitting mentality. I got tired of life. I got tired of things happening. I started giving up on relationships. I started not wanting to speak to people. Thing, people would talk to me. I'm just like, yeah, uh-uh. blocking them out. Don't even, don't even hear them. And I became this person that just quit. Now, mind you, let's go back now. 143 Speaks, the blog, is still there, still alive. It's just sitting there. Not doing anything. But what changed my life and what made me say there is no possible way I can walk this journey. There's no possible way I can walk this journey as a quitter. What made me really check myself and say that life is going to be difficult. This journey, what I'm starting is going to be hard. I say this all the time, and you guys go back to episodes and episodes, you'll hear me say it. There were a lot of hard decisions that I had to make. I had to let go of people, and I didn't have to let go of people because they were bad or because they did anything to me. I had to let go of people because I had to free myself. I was in situations that I wasn't ready for. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm learning this now. I didn't notice back then. I had things, materialistic things, that I wasn't ready for. And it made me a quitter. I gave up. When, you, when, you, when you're going through life and you have a learning disability and you have to deal with the bullying and girls don't want to date you because they know you're in special ed and all this stuff, it's a lot of beating up. It's a lot of beating up all the time. And I got tired. And when I reached the age where I felt like I can, con- con- when I reached the age where I felt like I could control it, that's when I started controlling it, but by giving up. But what changed my mentality and what made me get back on this horn was I had posted one morning a post. And if you're the person that's that's watching or that's listening to this on the podcast, I know that you've been listening to 143 Speaks and you've been following me since day one. The DM after the post that I posted said this. You just saved my life this morning. That's it. You just saved my life this morning. 
they saw my post and they DM'd and told me that I just saved their life this morning. My mentor told me to live by something. And, and this is something that I do live by and I see it. When I talk to people, when I'm making videos, when I'm doing a podcast, when I'm, when I'm trying to help people, I'm only doing it for four people. I'm only doing it for four. He told me when, you, when you're talking to people, you don't have to talk to thousands and millions of people. Talk to that person. Talk to that person that you think needs it the most. And I believe that there's four people out there. Four people. Because when I post stuff, when I when I'm on my when I when I post stuff on a, uh, on podcast stations everything I know that I at least always get four views and I believe that out of those four views even if it's a hundred views because I do get a hundred views I'm hip I'm out there I'm trending but four people those are the four people that I'm talking to every single time I make a video every single time I do a podcast I'm talking to those same four people and I truly believe that those are the four people that needs the energy that I produce. I truly believe that it's the same four people that's been following me from day one. I'm not saying I don't need everybody else. But what I'm saying is I'm talking I don't know who those four people are. I don't know male, female, alien, black, white, don't know. But I'm doing it for four people. Those four people that's been consistent since day one. We have more control over this. We just have to say the positive stuff more. I, I'm going to repeat that. We have more control over this. We just have to say the more positive things to ourselves more often. I was going to quit. Journey of the mindset would have never even been created. But if I didn't get that DM, this will all be gone. There will be no lights. There will be no cameras. There will be no mic. There will be no laptop. There will be no merchandise. There will be no business. And I don't know what I would be doing. But when you're chasing a dream, you're chasing a dream for a reason. And that reason is to make your circumstances better, to make your life better, to make you feel better, to make you feel alive. Don't settle for less. Whatever it is that you want, you fight for it. You fight for your dreams until the day that you die. That's your dreams. I'm doing it. All of this, I'm fighting for my dream. I'm trying to live it. I believe that I can walk into my own house. I believe I can drive the car that I want to drive. I believe that I can make a positive, huge impact on communities and the world. I believe that. Me. I don't know what else everybody else believes. But me, I believe it. And I guarantee that if you keep following... You'll see the levels that keep on being reached. But there are going to be quitting moments. There are going to be moments where you're not going to want to do it. 
there are going to be moments that you're going to want to take vacations and then come back and it's going to be hard for you to get back on 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 um on a horse and start working towards your dreams again there are going to be setbacks there are going to be no's but the question is are you going to quit you started your journey you started your journey you you made the choice to start your journey don't give up on yourself don't give up on what you believe in don't give up on your dreams you fight you push through i'm gonna end this podcast on this note the last episode i had with wanting to quit was last year and my mentor had to check me i was doing i just started journey of the mindset I was going to school, working to get my master's. I had my own job. And I also was going to the school doing workshops with AIM High on personal development with the kids, with the youth. There was so much. And guys, if you if you if you ever went to go get your master's, you know the amount of work that you have to produce. I don't know how I was able to do that. There were days when I was in like five places at one time. But some way, somehow, I got through. And I remember telling my mentor, I'm tired. I don't want to do this no more. And he said, are you, t- are you tired? You, you don't want to do this no more? He said, so then give up Journey of the Mindset. Stop doing Journey of the Mindset. You were fine before you were doing Journey of the Mindset. Stop, stop doing Journey of the Mindset. I was like, no, no, no I'm not going to stop doing Journey of the Mindset. He said, yeah, but you're tired though. So stop doing aim high. Stop doing 143 speaks. Just live a normal life. It's too much for you. Stop. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. That's not what I want to do. And he wasn't telling me this to push me away. He was telling me this because he knew. He knew that I was at that point where things were getting hard. Where I was getting really, really stressed out. Where I was really, really getting tired. Where I was at that point where I just felt like, oh my God, I just can't take it no more. He knew I was at that point. But he knows my soul. He knows my heart. He knew I could take more. And I'm willing to take whatever it takes to live my dream. Until next time, world family. If you fall, make sure you land on your back so you can see the direction that you should be going back in. Les Brown said that, and I'm a firm believer. Love. Welcome to the journey of the mindset.